Good morning. Our scripture reading is found in the book of Proverbs. We will be reading chapter 2 in its entirety. If you're using the Blue Pew Bible, it is on page 528. Again, Proverbs 2, verses 1 through 22. Thank you for standing in honor of God's holy and inerrant word. Proverbs 2. My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding, yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver, and search for it as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find that knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of justice and watching over the way of his saints. Then you will understand righteousness and justice and equity, every good path. For wisdom will come into your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will watch over you. Understanding will guard you, delivering you from the way of evil, from men of perverted speech who forsake the paths of uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness who rejoice in doing evil and delight in the perverseness of evil, men whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways. So you will be delivered from the forbidden woman, from the adulteress with her smooth words, who forsakes the companion of her youth and forgets the covenant of her God, for her house sinks down to death and her paths to the departed. None who go to her come back, nor do they regain the paths of life. So you will walk in the way of the good and keep to the paths of the righteous. For the upright will inhabit the land, and those with integrity will remain in it. But the wicked will be cut off from the land, and the treacherous will be rooted out of it. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Morning, church. Let's uh, plead with God once more. Um, God, we come before you right now as we seek you because we have nothing else to hold on to in life. We seek you because we have no other hope. We seek your word because there is no other thing that can give us life. There is no other hope that we can hold on to besides you and your word. So we come before you now seeking you you and your presence, and I pray that you would speak loud and that you would save souls. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So whenever we have a Q&A in the youth group uh, on the topic of dating, relationships, and sex, um, I want you to, like, can you think about maybe the question that is always asked? Can you, can you guess what question is asked? Um, most of the times, some students will go, is it okay to hold hands while dating? Um, they'll, they'll go, they'll always, they'll always ask, how far is too far? Um, and they always ask stuff like, can we kiss we, during, you know, if we're dating? Um, those are the questions that we, I, we always get, um, without a doubt, every time when, there, when we talk about sex and relationships. 
Uh, for these questions, I always like to respond with, um, I, I think this is going to be a, a, a wisdom issue. Um, and, and so I, I usually follow up with an example of, sure, you know, you can watch a movie uh, with your boyfriend and girl, or girlfriend, uh, but if you decide to watch it in your room in the dark, that's, that's not smart. And that's not wrong, but that's not smart, right? Um, it's not wise. Uh, so I, I always had the idea of wisdom is this idea of, like, making decisions. I always had to do something with, with knowledge and being able to do the right thing, being able to do the smart thing. Um, so I always felt wisdom was a matter of making decisions. But today's passage, though, uh, what, what it shows us that wisdom is more about making decisions, but rather it's a matter of relating to God. Uh, and, and so wisdom is not just, can I make the good choice? Can I make, um, you know, do the right thing? But rather, what he wants us to know is, hey, wisdom is about, this, is, is about how you and I relate to God. And so to help us see this, to help us, um, what we're going to do is, our, our outline we're going to see today is the three things, seeking the value of wisdom, understand the fear of the Lord, and walk on the path of righteousness. And that will help us to see what it means and how is it that wisdom uh, is a matter of relating to God. And so the first thing that we see is the, to seek the value of wisdom. And I want us to see the first few verses in this. Um, if you look at Proverbs 2, it says, My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commands with you, making your, your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding, yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, and if you seek it like silver and search for it as hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord. So the first thing that we see uh, this proverb calls us to is to seek wisdom and to see wisdom as valuable. So there's two things that we need to kind of discuss here, seeking wisdom and seeing wisdom as valuable. You know, the first exhortation we see here is to seek, pay attention, to receive wisdom here. On the one hand, this is, you know, what we see here in the beginning of this proverb is very similar to all, a lot of other proverbs, right? Um, proverbs 3, he says, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart, um, you know, but let your heart um, keep my commandments. In Proverbs 4, it says, hear, O sons, a father's instruction, and be attentive. In Proverbs 5, it says, my son, be attentive to my wisdom. Incline our uh, hearts to, uh, to understand, to my heart to understanding, Right? So you can see, you know, a lot of these uh, Proverbs, they kind of start off the same way. But one thing that you have to see here is Proverbs 2, he goes a little further than that. Um, he doesn't just have one line of, hey, listen to me, but rather he goes on line after line after line. Right? He says, receive my words. Right? He says, treasure up my commandments. In, in verse 2, make your ear attentive to wisdom. Right, recently I had to go to the ENT because I had this ear infection and I was just like bleeding out of my ears and it was just like, oh, what's going on here? And then this ENT told me that part of my um, eardrum was missing, right? I don't, I don't know how that happened, but basically squirt water in my ears, it goes through the other side, right? And so, um, but I had, I, since I have this problem right now, like I can't hear anything. Like if you talk to me, I don't know if you know this, but a lot of times I'll say like, what? Right? And I'll be like, can you repeat that? And then so when you do repeat it, I, I don't know if you notice, I'll be like this. I'll like lean in and listen. And that's kind of the picture here. He's saying, you know, uh, make your ear attentive. So lean in to listen. 
And then he also continues on in this passage. If you look at it, right, he says, call out for insight, right? And if you remember in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 20, verse 20, verse 21, he says, wisdom cries aloud in the street. In the markets, she raises her voice. And at the head of the noisy streets, she cries out at the entrance of the gates. So this, in this chapter, um, this, this verse where it says, um, call out for insight, it's almost like a response to chapter one. It's kind of like a Marco Polo, a game of Marco Polo. It's a respond to wisdom's call. So and then another thing at the end, it says, raise your voice for understanding. Seek it like silver and search for it like hidden treasures. So one thing we see here is you seek wisdom uh, and, and so what we, what the, the author right here, not only does he try to emphasize by repeating himself over and over and over again, not only does he do that, but he also uses like an, an active tone to this, right? You're, you're going out. It's not just listen, 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 but rather seek it out, right? He says, go out and look, call for wisdom. So you can't be passive when it comes to gaining wisdom, guys. We can't be passive and just sit around and listen to a sermon and, and, and that's it. But rather, what we need to see is um, we have to seek it out. If you seek it out, um, and then the second thing is we have to seek it out, but also we seek it out like treasure. And so the second thing we see is we seek it out, but also we have to give value to wisdom. And to help us better understand um, if something was valuable, you'd hide it. And that's the picture this author, the author is trying to write here, is if you would hide something that's valuable, right? You would lock it up in a secret place. I don't know about you. Maybe you have a, one of those safes where it doesn't burn and you just kind of keep your valuable things at home under your bed or in the closet. I don't know, you know. Uh, but you would hide it away, right? This is the picture he's trying to paint here. I mean, think about all the movies about people breaking into banks and vaults, trying to get in, trying to get to that, uh, trying to get to the treasure, the hidden, uh, the valuable things, right? I mean, I think about, I think about um, Ocean's Eleven. It's like this elaborate scheme, right? It's like the whole movie is about finding the right people. Um, they're finding a whole team. Everyone has a different role, Right? But they're planning, they're scheming, uh, they're planning more, they're making practice runs, and, and they're, trying to, they're going in, they're scouting out the, the, the casino. And so there's this whole thing of planning, and then finally they, they, they go through with the act of breaking into the vault. And they go through all of that just to get to this locked treasure, right? this hidden treasure. And so this is what the author is trying to say, seek it like hidden treasure. We can't be passive in gaining wisdom, but rather we have to seek it out as if we were trying to find treasure. We need to be active. We need to be attentive. We need to incline our hearts. We need to call for it. Right? Last week, Minister Henry, he gave us uh, a few ways to be trained up and gain, to gain wisdom. I don't know if you guys remember that. So let me remind you of the three ways he mentioned how you can try to gain wisdom in your life. Right? He mentioned join a community group. He mentioned reading a pro, read through the, the book of Proverbs. And then he also mentioned about getting the book uh, by Tim Keller, right? God's wisdom for navigating life, right? So my question to you is, have you done any of these things? Have you done any one of those three things? Maybe this is a reminder, uh, maybe it's a second nudge for you to, to give more effort into seeking wisdom out. 
Be active and seek it out. But at the same time, maybe you haven't sought out wisdom because you haven't valued wisdom. Maybe we're like, okay, we're three weeks into the series. I know wisdom is a good thing. I know wisdom will help us make decisions, but I, you know, I don't really care. Maybe you haven't done anything. Maybe you haven't followed up you know, and applied the two messages that you've heard. The author tells us, uh, when he tells us uh, you know, to be active in, seeking, uh, active in seeking wisdom and valuing wisdom, that should be a challenge to our hearts, guys. Do we value wisdom? I mean, you know, we value something because, we, because it gives us something that we want. When we value something, it gives, we believe it gives us something better, right? It has, to, it has a power to satisfy when we value something, right? We value something because it has some sort of power to make us happy, right? We seek good grades. Why? It, it promises us a, a more secure future. Right? It gives us a better chance at, um, at, at, at getting into a college that we want to. Right? As, as I was preparing for this, right, a friend in Boston texted me, and he was at a library in a town similar to Bel Air or, or that of Sugarland. Land. Um, but he's, he, he was at the library, and he, gives, he says this comment. He goes, it's like Chinatown in here. This is a Saturday morning, and Chinatown is in the library. Right? Like, but think about it. Why is that? Why is the library Chinatown on a Saturday morning? Because we give value to our studies because we believe that when we study something, it would give us power, it would give us the ability, it would give us the better chance, and so we value that. Maybe some of us, maybe some of us we value success at our jobs. We seek a higher status. Why? I don't know, maybe, one on, maybe it gives us recognition. Maybe it will make us feel better when someone, you know, when someone else thinks highly of you. Maybe it will make us feel more secure when we have more money. So my question to you is, do we value wisdom? Do we as a church value wisdom? Because wisdom can do so much more than the things of this world. Wisdom can promise so much more than the things of this world. Actually, the world can't promise us anything and the word and wisdom promises us everything. We must value wisdom because the author writes, when we value and seek wisdom, then we will understand the fear of the Lord. We will understand the fear of the Lord. And that kind of leads us to the next part. And I want us to see this. Let's, turn, let's look at Proverbs 2, verse 5. It says, if you seek, seek all these things, and then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Right? Earlier in the proverb, the author said, call out for insight, to call out for wisdom, right? It was in a response to chapter one, right? To Proverbs number one, the, the, the wisdom cries out in the street, right? And throughout Proverbs, I mean, especially in chapter nines, there's a lot of repeated themes and repeated uh, ideas that's gonna, that you're gonna hear a lot about. So we see here, though, uh, the main theme of Proverbs is repeated from chapter one. Not only is he repeating fear, you know, understanding the fear of the Lord, but he expands on what does it mean to fear the Lord, to fear the Lord, right? To fear of the Lord means to walk with God. There's this, there's this aspect, uh, there's a relational aspect to fearing God, right? The author, he then, what does he parallel fear, uh, fearing, God, fearing the Lord with, right? The author parallels fearing the Lord with the knowledge of God. 
Then you will understand the fear of the Lord, and you will find the knowledge of God. Right? The knowledge of God is not like the knowledge, like theology. It's not like theology here. We study God and we know things about him. Right? If I were to say, I know Christine, you would not think, oh yeah, they're just acquaintances. You wouldn't say that. You wouldn't think that. Right? Right? So here, that's the thing that what the author is trying to describe here in this picture. Wisdom comes with a walk with God. Right? And another thing that you see here is that you don't just find wisdom. You don't just find it, right? Uh, but let's read on. In Proverbs 2.6, it says what? For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. So it's not like you open up a bank vault, bank vault and then you find stuff. It's not like you dig a hole and you find it. You can't just read a book and obtain wisdom, right? It's not about what you do. It's not just what you do, but what you see here, God gives God gives this wisdom. You hear it and you receive it directly from God. If God does not give wisdom, then you don't have wisdom. Right? You can ask for wisdom all you want. You can seek it out all you want. But if God does not move and God does not give, you're not getting any of it. Understanding the fear of the Lord and knowledge of God comes from God himself. Right, there's this communion with the holy God and this picture that he's trying to paint. Right, there's, 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 there's something more important that we need to catch here, though, too. When you walk, in God, when you walk with God, it forms this foundation uh, in, in, in to, for us to stand upon. All right, I want us to continue to read in verses 9 and 10, if you look at that. In verses 9 and 10, it says, Then you will understand righteousness and justice and equity, good, every good path, in verse 10, it says, for wisdom will come into your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. And this is what I mean about to have a foundation to stand upon. Our hearts and our minds and our desires and our wills, all of them are grounded in who God is and what God gives. You guys got to understand that. Wisdom comes in and transforms us from the inside out. And so that's this idea of, of understanding the fear of the Lord, to walk with God. And when, when, when we know him, he begins to transform us from the inside out. He transforms our hearts. He comes, it, it comes into our hearts. It transforms our minds. It transforms our desires and our wills. But let me ask you guys this thing. Do you live like God is good, or is that just a phrase you throw out like a cliché? Is God is good, is that just this thing that you believe on the surface level of your life? And I think it's easy to agree with me to go, yeah, God is good. It's easy to throw out on Sundays, God is good. It's easy to sing these songs of how great God is. But what about when things aren't going right? What about when something tragic happens in your life? Is the, phrase, is the phrase, God is good, pleasant to your soul? I mean, even this morning, I saw this, 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 this post on, um, on this uh, youth pastor group, something about um, 
I, I had someone posted, hey, can you pray for my husband? Because um, they, they said our, our, nef- our, our, our nephew just killed himself, and you know, my husband has been uh, having a really hard time, and you know what, like, this might be the last straw. I think he's, you know, he's just kind of at, at the end of his rope with God. He, you know, his faith is kind of gone and whatnot, right? I, I want you to think about that. Right? Do you believe in your heart that God is good? Like, like, has wisdom come into your heart to create a peace within you? You know, three weeks ago, about three weeks ago, I, I, I get a call from my brother saying my dad was in a hospital. And at first, everything seemed okay. Everything was fine. You know, we, I went to the hospital. He, he was in the ER a little bit. Uh, but he seemed okay. He seemed to be breathing fine. Um, they, they took him in to have a CT scan, and then they moved him into the ICU. And, you know, we were just fine. Like, we actually left him for a little bit to go eat dinner and whatnot. Uh, we were at dinner in the hospital. I had brought food from my mom. But we didn't think anything. We didn't think, like, hey, this was it, and, you know, like, we, we should spend as much time with him. I mean, even then, when he was moved into the ICU room, you know, I, was, I went to go visit him, and then, you know, they had this BPAP machine on him trying to help him breathe because he had a hard time breathing. And so even at that moment, I was like, okay, I'm gonna let, he, it looks like he's just going to go to sleep. He, you know, he's going to sleep through the night. We're going to see how he's doing. He's going to be released and go home the next day. And we, you know, at that moment, I was like, okay, I'm going to go home. I'll let my mom come into the ICU because only one person was allowed. And we were, we were thinking, it's fine. My dad was fine. And so I left. I left. Uh, I, was about, I was actually about to leave the hospital and then let my mom stay with my dad. And, and moments later, my mom rushes out of the ICU. And she's like, oh, no, no. She's like, she's just crying. She never really cries. I, I cry more to my mom. But she's crying. And then she's just like, I'm like, what is going on? She's like, 10, 15 people rush into my dad's room. And all of a sudden, I hear on a PA system, hey, uh, ro- uh, code blue, room 208. And I'm like, that's my dad's room. And there's this picture, I, I, just, I just remember just this, you know, this little nurse just trying to you know, restart my dad's heart. And that night, my dad's heart stopped three times before, uh, in like 30 minutes. It was crazy. I didn't know what was going on. And then, and then moments later, you know, the doctor's like, you know, this, this is not looking good. His heart stopped three times. His kidney has, is gone. And in that moment, my question is, what foundation do I stand on in that moment? The moment that my dad's heart has stopped three times and the doctors say, this is probably it, what do I really believe about God in that moment? Where my hope is placed is is really revealed in that moment. And later that night, after my dad has passed, you know, like my mind went, where is he now? Where is he now in this place? Where is he? You know, sometimes I'm like, is he, is he, is he with Jesus? I, I know he's a believer. Is he with Jesus? Or does, does he just kind of cease to exist? Like that, my mind went everywhere. My mind went all sorts of things. Or is, he, is he in hell? I don't know. Was he a good enough person? And, and there's just all of these questions in that moment when I was standing over my dad as he had passed. What is the foundation we stand on when tragic happens? Because I left my dad's room that night saying, I'll see you later. Because my foundation found, is found in a promise of God through Jesus Christ. God sent his son down to die on a cross so that my dad could continue living after his last, last breath on earth. 
So I stood on the foundation of God is good because he sacrificed his son. So my question to you right now is what, the, the, you know, what kind of relationship do we have with God? You know, the kind of relationship you have with God will affect the foundation you have for your life. Right, your understanding of the fear of the Lord and your knowledge of God will affect the foundation that you stand on when these things happen. Wisdom comes in and transforms us from the inside out. So what kind of foundation are you building up, guys? And this leads us to our third point, the foundation that we help, that we build will help us to walk on the path of righteousness. To walk on the path of righteousness. And now, the idea of walking on the path of righteousness is not necessarily this choice that we have before us. Right? When I, when I wrote this idea of walking on the path of righteousness, I'm not saying walk, you know, you have this choice in front of you, there's this one path here and one path here, you better walk on the, the path of righteousness. Right? This isn't a command that he's trying to say, but rather the author, he's trying to describe what happens when you do receive wisdom. He's trying to describe what happens when you do walk with God. When you walk with God, you walk in righteousness. Right? The author goes, even goes further and makes a point and says, you're not walking in God in the fear of the Lord um, if you're not walking with God, then you're, you're not, uh, if you're not walking in the understanding of right, uh, his, um, uh, in the fear of the Lord, then you're walking apart from him, right? You're walking like these men with the, these devious statements, and right? So one of the main repeated words in Proverbs chapter 2 is the word path, right? If you read through chapter 2, um, you see path seven times. Right, and he, uses, he also uses the word, uh, the way, right? The way or the path, walking in the way, right? And so from these, the author describes two different kinds of paths, though, right? On the one side, you see in uh, 2 verse 7, right? 2 verse 7, he says he's a shield to those who walk in integrity. Proverbs 2, 8, and he, there's this path of justice. In 2, 12, he's looking at delivering from the way of evil, Right? In 220, it says, in the way of the good and to keep the path of righteousness. Right? So you, on this one side, you see this good path that, that we walk, and on the other side, there's this other path, right? The ways of darkness in uh, 213. The ways of darkness. 215, it says, men whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways. 218, for her house sinks down to the death and her path to the departed. In 2.19, those seduced, right, those seduced by the forbidden woman will never regain the path of life. So when we talk about receiving wisdom, when we talk about receiving wisdom, there is, this, there is our responsibility to seek it out. There is our responsibility to seek it out. But in ultim- and ultimately, though, God has to give us, you know, and ultimately God has to give us that wisdom for us to attain it, as we've mentioned before. But in the same way here, there's a similar picture painted here. Our responsibility, yes, is to stay on the course uh, of the good path, right? Our, our responsibility is to stay on the path, but rather, what is it, what happens here, though? But it is wisdom that protects us. It is wisdom that guards us. 
It is wisdom that delivers us from the crooked paths and keeps us on the path of righteousness. Right? When you and I sin, when you and I struggle with sin, when you're trying to defeat sin, right, it's not really about our ability to fight sin. It's not going to be about how powerful and how good you are. It's not about how disciplined you are when it comes to, to, to fighting your sin and getting rid of your sin. You're not strong enough to fight sin on your own. You don't have the power. You can't muster enough up, up enough power to fight sin in your life. And here's the thing. You and I, well, we won't always choose the right thing. You know, and as a one of the response song, we're going to sing, Come Thou Fount, and you know the words in Come Thou Fount. The word says, we are prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Right? Wandering, it's in our bones. Wandering, it's in our hearts. It's who we are. It's part of us. Right? We have a natural bent towards wandering away from God and drifting towards sin. And even sometimes when I read a passage like this, and we read a passage where it talks about, hey, how there's, there's these men with, with devious plans, there's these men with deceitful words, right? And there's this other picture that, that the, the Proverbs describes here, how there's this um, the adulterous woman, right? There's this adulterous woman, woman with her smooth words, right? Um, there's this idea of, I kind of, kind of always picture, like, there's, this, just, there's all of them, like the men and women uh, who are just evil, and there's this poor little old me in the middle kind of getting pulled back and forth, back and forth, trying to decide, you know, I got to stay away from them, and I hope I walk in this path of righteousness. I, you know, I, I hope I stay away from that. And then it's just like this idea of like, okay, I get, I get pulled back into this. And then, and, but there's this idea like, yeah, like that's kind of what I picture when I read something like this. But what we need to see what has happened if we walk with God now. We need to see what has happened to us if we have this understanding of the fear of the Lord. If we have the knowledge of God. In 2.12, I want you to read that. Right? In 2.12 it says, the, because of wisdom, because of having the knowledge of God, it says it, it, it delivers you. It delivering you from the way of evil, from men of perverted speech. But also look in verse 16. So you, so you will be delivered from the forbidden woman. We have been delivered from them. We have been delivered from this path of unrighteousness. We have been delivered from this. This is us. We once delighted, we once delighted in the perverseness of evil. That was us. Without Christ, we delight in evil. We love the light. We love the evil deeds, as Scripture says. We were the, the devious people. So we either walk in the way of the good or the bad. Ultimately, without the knowledge of God, without a relationship with God, we don't walk in that, right? And ultimately, at the end of that, and look at verse 19, what happens? If we have not been delivered from this path, right, um, verse 19 says, none who go to her come back, nor do they regain the path of life. Without wisdom, without understanding of the fear of the Lord, we perish. Without these things, we perish. And if you're in here today and if you have not trusted, you have not trusted Jesus to bring you into a relationship with God, 
This text describes you as someone who is currently walking on a path that leads you to death. And ultimately, after this life, as you, after you breathe your last breath on this earth, it will ultimately leave you, leave you, lead you to an eternal death. There has only been one person who has walked this upright and righteous path perfectly. There has only been one person who has, been, has not walked the devious path, who has not loved evil. Right, and we know that this is this, is this perfect Jesus Christ. This, this Jesus Christ, He has lived this perfect life, and because of His perfect life and His resurrection, He is able to deliver you. He is able to deliver you from the men of perverted speech and from the adulteress with smooth words. Right, Jesus saves you from buying into the lie that you will find life outside of God. And ultimately, he saves you from the eternal death that, that comes for each and every one of us. Right? Jesus can deliver you if you seek after him. Jesus can and will deliver you if you value who he is and value what he has done. So the way that we must live, the way that we must live must come from our foundation in knowing who God is and what he has done. The way that we live must come from a, an active lifestyle of seeking wisdom. Because if we seek wisdom, then we will understand the fear of the Lord. And if we understand the fear of the Lord, then we will be delivered. And we will walk in a way, that, uh, walk in a way of the good and keep to the paths of righteousness. God is not testing you. He's not testing you watching how good you're living your life. And he's not testing you to, to, to see do you, uh, you know, do you succeed in this moment or do you fail in that moment. He's not testing you in your life. He's not watching how well you do, but rather what, is, what does he want? He desires you to know his goodness and his love. That's all that's about. That's what Christianity is about. Christianity is not about doing what's right and, what, and keeping away from the wrong. It's about loving God and in that love, building your foundation and letting that foundation save you from the destruction. And once you do, once you, do, once you know him in his life and build, having this foundation uh, built upon knowing him, then and only then will, you, will your wandering hearts be turned back to God. And so I'm going to encourage you guys, as we sing the song, Come Thou Fount, I want you to use it as a prayer to seek God. Ask God to, to come into your life. Ask God to change your heart. Ask God to be the one to save you, to save you out of the things that you're stuck in. Right? Here I raise my Ebenezer. God is my stone of help. God is the one who saves me. God is the one who turns my heart back to him. God is the one who saves you out of the darkness. And so ask and pray that God would save you, that God would take you out of the things that you're struggling with. Ask God to fill you with a knowledge of him. Ask God to give you a deeper relationship with him. So let's pray. God, we thank you for this time. Well, we also thank you that you give of yourself when we ask. 
And we're not people who can plead with you and ask you to give wisdom and you don't respond, but yet you tell us to ask and we, when we do ask, you will respond. And we, when we do seek you, you do respond and you don't um, leave us and, and, and leave our requests empty. You don't leave our requests not answered, but rather you answer us and you answer us fully and you give, us, you give of yourself whenever we do ask. And so God, I pray that we would be a church that seeks you that we would be a church that seeks to, to love you with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And so, God, I pray that you would create that in our hearts, that our hearts would be changed from the inside out, that our hearts would be transformed, and our hearts would be, uh, be, be ones that, that love you. So would you help us to love you with all our hearts and all our souls and all of our minds and strength. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.